I never really thought about directing before. When I was in college, I was passionate to pursue a journalism school. So through working in a TV station in Shanghai, I realized we're going to somewhere the news already happened. We just have to redo it. So I was thinking, if I'm making something now real, maybe I'll just. Go to make something really fake, like narrative. You're listening to the Young Directors Award podcast. We're King Shi, and we're your hosts. And this is episode two, Wan Wan. So here's a quick bio on Wan Wan before we jump in the conversation. She is a Chinese writer director who recently finished NYU grad school for film. Her films have been celebrated on the festival circuit, including Best Student Short Film at the DGA. And she's currently developing her first feature, which was selected by the Sundance Screenwriter and Directors Labs. Here we go, Wan Wan. You were saying that most Chinese female directors come from actor backgrounds. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. A lot of the female directors I love, they came from the acting background, and they used to be very famous actresses. They are really good at acting, and when they switch directing, they are really successful, and they have a lot of resources they need. Of course, it's still gonna be very hard for them, but I rarely see someone. To be successful in China, besides like a few well-known art house directors、uh, in Hong Kong who won awards in Cannes before. In total, there are really very few female directors. Majority of them has this really good acting background, which is also very inspiring. But I think for me, I really love to see more. And more female directors, not only from like film school background, from commercial music video background, from writing background. I felt like the more female maker we saw as a young girl, the more we know. Oh, there are people doing this, and we can do it. We need like more models as women to see that it's possible to do it. Did you feel that the institution of film school was a better path for you versus trying to maybe work in short form in other ways, whether that's music videos or commercials? Definitely, I have to say, film school really helped me a lot. Discovering my voice, finding communities, spend this a few years to just not work, study full time about what I'm really interested in. But I don't think film school is an like the necessary path towards directing or writing. But for me,、uh, I never really had a really good art education back in China when I was little. Both my parents, they're not. In the film industry, or even they're not related with art, so for me, film school is really helpful for me. Just relearn everything I know from zero, to rebuild the structure of film language, how to write a screenplay from beginning again. You were saying that you worked as a shadow writer and then you know decided to be an AD. I thought that was so interesting. I never really thought about like. Directing before when I was in college, I studied in a theater school, a well-known theater school in Shanghai called Shanghai Theater Academy. A majority of the students they have two paths: one going to、uh, film, TV industry; the other path is going to like news, television news. I was actually passionate to pursue、uh, journalism at that moment. And then I dreamed to be like a war journal, female war <laughs> journalism. And then 
And when I was intern in my third year, and I realized it's never gonna happen. The industry wasn't something that I imagined when I was in high school. Through working in a, a TV station in Shanghai, I realized, oh no, this is not something I really like. It's kind of boring to me,、uh, especially the station I was intern. A lot of the news was not like the live news. They were like, we go into somewhere, the news already happened. We just have to redo it. And I was thinking, if I'm making something not real, maybe I'll just. Go to make something really fake, which is like narrative. So those that's how I like decided to switch to、uh, TV and film. So I start to intern in TV、uh, set on TV sets and start to assist for directors. Was that switch a better experience? Unfortunately, the experience wasn't as. I imagined as well. The set wasn't like well organized.、Uh, I was so passionate, and then like the reality makes me feel like nobody really care about what they're making. The TV show I was working at was shitty. Everyone is trying to guilt trip each other, blaming each other. So I was like, oh no, this is how they do it. So <laughs> I stopped working on set and then became a writer. I feel like the writing. Part maybe more pure in China, so I start to like find opportunities to write, and then like work for the big writer to be a shadow writer. And among other shadow writers, I I find out that the the way you can re- be recognized is to do this for years until this writer give you like a credit or you are recommended to other. Directors or, or writers. So at this moment, I got a like a recommendation to a rising director who is directing big budget movies in China, who look for assistant, who who is bilingual,、uh, who can help with the script development. So I feel like maybe this will be a good opportunity for me to go back to production and at the same time working on screenwriting as well. So from working for that director, I started to switching to assistant directing, and that's how I got back to production. It's so interesting because you said that you came from a journalism background, but that level of fakeness, you're like, why not just do film? <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I kind of had a similar experience as well working. At- As journalism, yeah,、oh、we should talk more. We'll talk more, but that's exactly how I ended up in film. I was like, well, if we're dealing with unreality anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so happy to hear. <laughs> the reason I'm mentioning that is because I feel that from heading south, there was a real strong, almost journalistic, but really anthropological approach, and you really feel the way those characters and that story feels. That you knew them really, really deeply and deep down. Where does that type of writing and intimacy of of knowledge towards your characters and story come from? Oh, it's so nice to hear you say that. But for heading south, the story was based on my、uh, childhood memory when I was five years old. I remembered I visited my dad and、uh, meet my new mom there. W- what I remembered was images like faces, laughters. That's、mm-hmm. all, and I really hope. I can rebuild the memory to tell a story about a girl who has to like struggling between two families to be the bridge between them. Yeah, you said it was like a very personal film based on childhood memory,、mm. and yeah, showed yeah. Your, the film to your parents either. I don't think, right? Yeah, like what I said before, that was the film wasn't take place in Mongolia. But the stories really happened to me. Even the uncle's name are real. I use their last name. 
I do remember who was sitting in the dinner scene when I was little. I never really thought about showing the film to my family when I was writing it, when I was making it. I just want to make something I feel connected deeply. I want to share to the world. Before pandemic, I went back to China. I set up the computer and tried to show to my father, my stepbrother, the family. And very interestingly, my father, after the first scene, my father stood up and said he has something he needs to like deal with and left. I don't know if he sensed what the film gonna be about, but he never really finished the film. He had no idea what happened next. For my mother, I never dared to show her. I felt like she would be angry with my father again. Then there will be endless argument. So I don't think I'm gonna show my mother until it's ready. But yeah, that's how the film is to my families. And was Spike Lee one of the people that encouraged you to write it? I think you had told me last time we spoke that he said, write what you know. That had a yeah. huge impact on you at some point. He's definitely an amazing a master now alive. Uh, what he saw was from a class he was teaching, not like literally for my product. He was telling all my classmates that I would recommend you guys to write what you know so that you will save time because you write the characters you know to start. And I agree. Even with, with my first feature, there are characters I think I already know, but working on it, I had to do a lot of research. Mm, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'll just come out on one last thing about Heading South. The actress that plays the mom was just outstanding. Or not the mom, but... <laughs> Thank you, the stepmom. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the actress, her name is Fala Chen. Um, we were extremely lucky to get her. She saw a post online and she's interested in the stepmother's role the role is not big as you can see in the film but she really connect to the story and the character and at the beginning i was even worried because she was a famous actress in hong kong and china before she studied in america and we are like student <laughs> film low budget shooting in in Mongolia how could we have someone like her to work with us but she never like complained about the coldness she flew herself from New York to China and uh, and then take the another flight because it's a really far place where we should you have to take two flights to go there and then take like two or three hours drive to the location but she was super nice and friendly and professional just gave me a lot of confidence to work with established actors in the future that if they're not like that scary they're very professional and then she got into some marvel films right after as a, as a yes. <laughs> yeah that was uh that was uh, shocking when, I, when we were in post-production uh, she got the shang chi marvel shang chi and she was also in other tv shows I think, yeah, she will be more successful in the future, I believe. And so Heading South was the film that you did while you were already matriculated at NYU, right? That's my second year film at NYU. This is exciting to us. You know, you study in theater, you then work in production, you work as an AD, you then transition into being a writer, and then you go to grad school. And second year of grad school, you make a short film that essentially gets a lot of attention for you. 
Thank you. I feel I'm really blessed.、Uh, I never really thought the film can go to a lot of festivals. I didn't even know how to submit to festivals. We missed a lot of deadlines at the beginning. Last time we spoke, it was fantastic to hear you talking about how you basically made every decision that you possibly could make that made the film complex and difficult to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to go with a child actor, <laughs> animals, motorcycles. Can you tell us about that? There are a lot of Of difficulties for heading cells. This was the first time we are allowed to shoot internationally, and but still needs to be covered by the school insurance, which is very strict. There are a lot of rules related with animals, related motorcycle cars, related with child actors, and even though we are far from U.S. We still need to follow all those rules. So, to passing the insurance was the big first challenge. It's like a long discussion,、uh, meet endless meetings with the school representatives to talk about how I'm gonna make the film. Sending them like photos of the electricity chart, sending them how we're gonna film the animal scene. So that's the differences between making movies there and making movies in U.S. Another challenge is the coldness. The Inner Mongolia in In、November minus thirty to forty Celsius degree. We have some behind the scene photos, like my AD's eyelash is all frozen. Was <laughs> as cold as that, and then like the crew members were freezing. Even though I told them to wear as many as possible, wear all your clothes, but some people still wear a sleeper. <laughs> yeah,、like、relying on filmmaker will is a big part of the path of a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of like filmmaker superpower. <laughs> and did you did you raise money for to make that film? How did you get the resources? Yeah, we did fundraising both in China and the U.S. We got like a few thousand from the U.S. Majority of the rest of the budget in China. So I felt like it's not me. the The whole film is blessed, and the film has its life. I believe it's on its own now, and. I hope it will live longer and be watched by more people. But the film has its own life, and it's blessed. That's really interesting because Robert and I were just chatting about some of the different orbits that you've spoken about, like grants and labs, and trying to raise funding. Like it feels like you're sending it out into the ether, and you never know whether you're going to get something back or not. How do you make sure your work is getting seen or noticed or supported in those forums? I have no idea, to be honest. I just <laughs> do、That's、my、excellent. work, submit <laughs> as many places as possible to see who will give me opportunity. That's why I I feel like I am blessed. I'm lucky because I don't want to like say you work hard and then you will get recognized. I feel it's unfair to say because I don't think we're not. The only one in control. What we can do is just to be focused. Do what you think you need to do. It's really a lot of things out of control. Sometimes I feel sad because there are my some friends film I really love, but they don't get recognition. They all get rejections, and really think it's a it's an amazing film. So I feel like. There is luck, even though sometimes we try to ignore that part. But there is. We will feel like、uh, more focused in what we can do, and then maybe we can do it better because we know we're good. And that's one thing. And another thing, I feel like music video and commercials, film festivals, usually for young directors, for art cinema, they give the films got selected a lot of prize release recognition. 
But if you're not getting in them, it's so easy to feel like I'm not good. It's interesting because so much of the festival game can feel like variance. You have to almost have a baseline of self-belief. For example, even An Li, he wrote a bunch of scripts before he got his first film made. He's not like a lot of young directors now. Can be very go into labs and then they got their first feature made in one or two years. So there are people who are late bloomers, if we say so. Maybe we just need to do it like. Many years until it can get made. Everyone has their different path. That's something I really like. Hope I can share with friends, people who feel depressed because of this atmosphere, and I feel like sometimes it could be toxic. Not influenced by that kind of energy. You're now in grad school, so you make a few short films. The short films find success in film festivals, and then now you've been accepted to a number of the Sundance Labs. To develop a feature, talk to us a little bit about that path. Like, what is it actually? What is the experience of somebody in film school making a short now being accepted into something like a lab at Sundance? So, first of all, I graduated last year and got into Sundance last year. Got into the writers' lab right before I graduated. That was also something I never imagined. I know people who applied many years and then they get in. I just. You never know if they can support like a Chinese story like mine. If the script is ready for the lab, but after the lab experience, they realize they're really looking for projects they're passionate about or filmmakers they're passionate about. Your project doesn't need to be ready to go. Otherwise, you don't really need a lab. You need like a financier, producer. So I would say. When I was submitting to the lab, I just tried to use the deadline to finish the draft.、Mm-hmm. So I never really thought I can get in. I just want to get it done. So I would suggest if people are interested to get lab support, just submit whatever you have and try to finish it, and then let them decide. Similar to festivals, let them decide if you are good or not. And I think you know it's not ready. So even you get rejected. It's fine. You can submit next year since so many people keep submitting to labs. So for me, I was like surprised. I got in, then I realized I need to work even harder because the script was kind of early. Once you get in the lab, there are a lot of like agenda, and you need to catch on deadlines, even more deadlines. So I nearly like work every day on the project. Even today, even now, I'm like constantly rewriting the script, getting feedbacks from friends. Yeah, it's it's not an easy pass. Maybe it's easier to just find the money and then make it. But maybe the script wasn't ready, which leads to a bad movie. That's something we don't want. I would say like if you have lab support, definitely go. But if not, don't worry. You can still get your film made. A lot of people, a lot of directors, they never really been through labs. But if you don't have money, lab definitely helps a lot. I love this. I love the idea of using the deadline of a festival or a lab as a young filmmaker as the thing that helps you actually finish projects. With the upside being, well, maybe they'll accept my project. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fun little kind of target to give yourself. That's what we did with our film last year for YDA. We gave ourselves the deadline of finishing it.、Oh. I think we like literally finished it like an hour before we had to upload it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And I'm like, okay, here it goes. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and honestly, that was like the first time that we've ever sort of submitted something into the ether like mm. that and had anything come back. Yeah, without that line, I feel like it's very easy to like make the production longer. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're talking about time management, <laughs> which very few filmmakers seem to have that skill set. I guess I was just kind of interested in where we were in the process. You know, what's interesting to us is we've been speaking to a lot of directors who are at different phases in their career. And so you're one of the really exciting directors that we're speaking to who is kind of on the precipice of starting their career, beginning your first feature. But I guess if you could, if it was even something that you think of, but how do you see your next few years as a filmmaker, as a director? Thank you. I also would love to hear your advice since you guys are amazing filmmakers. You also interviewed a lot, of, a lot of young directors. For now, I'm hoping uh, while preparing my first feature, make a living as a director, directing music videos or commercials. So far, I got support from the narrative set. I don't know how to start like a career in commercial or music video industry. I feel like they're very separate. But my partner is a very talented cinematographer and from him, that's also how I know YDA. I realized there are a lot of good opportunities in commercial industry. They have a lot of high budget that you can really uh, re make try things out. The visuals are so cool. They have really good performances. They work with amazing artists and clients. There are a lot of things I feel like it would be a, a, an amazing balance. Well, we are making our own project since for narrative directors, I feel like it took years to make your first feature and then it took even longer to make a really good second one among these three to like six years. How would you make a living? That's the question I constantly asking my friends <laughs> and hearing their advice. No, for sure. I think we both had similar concerns and you know, <laughs> we ended up sort of developing other trades as we were trying to become directors. We also became editors and producers, mm. you know, those positions seemed a bit easier to make a living on. I think and not even, not even so much easier, but more available. singular in mm -hmm. their ask of what your role was. Well, mm -hmm. I think the multiplicity yeah. of what you need to carry as a director can be daunting. I thought this was really funny. Like we've been chatting to a lot of directors about how they work with collaborators. And you mentioned last time we spoke, you were like, I'm a total control freak. <laughs> Can you expand on that? Is that a specific style that you've developed by between the couple of short films you've done? Or what do you mean by that exactly? I feel like I am a total control freak, but I make really good decisions when I'm working with other people. I would choose people I really love who are like a good fit for the project. So I don't need to struggle a lot later. I care a lot about color, about framing, about music and sound, which I have to make sure people who are working on my film are people I can trust who could really understand what kind of film we're making, the emotion mm. behind it. So choosing crew members was the first big step I would I have to make sure no matter who recommend 
the person, I will like talk a bunch of times to make sure we're on the same page. We will like watch movies together,、uh, reference together to make sure we're what we're doing match what we're trying to do. And what I'm trying to do as a control freak is to make sure it's getting closer to what we're trying to achieve. But I feel like at this part in production, I'm gonna be the person who. Trying to compromise as least as possible. When I have to compromise, I will, but I won't. When I can push for more, one more take, push for a change. And in post production, definitely I'm gonna try. If there's any new ideas, I'm never gonna let it just slip away. I have to try, hear it, see it. No matter it's a sound idea or an editing idea, I definitely gonna see how it flows and decide if I want it or not. Given that you're also an editor, what do you gain from working with a co-editor on films? Working with.、Uh, Co-editor, working with someone who can support me, who is not lazy, who is willing to explore, who respect the footage, who respect editing as like a a way of an unknown, that you will be able to find new things out of the what we already have. Is kind of essential to me, and for sound as well. I feel sound really at the depth of film. I feel like Robert Bresson keeps saying that sound is the three D, like it determines the depth of the image, not the image determines the depth of a film. If you have really good sound designs, you don't necessarily need the music. It's already there. There are a lot of decisions in that. I love being challenged as well. If it's a really good idea. Definitely, I would give up mine to embrace the new one. That's how I feel like it's a collaboration. We make the film together. It's not like a film I make on my own. That's gonna be boring. We couldn't agree with you more. We talk about sound all the time, and <laughs> I think that's like a very underexplored area in a lot of films. And when you see it as well done as as in yours, you get a whole other level of emotionality and feeling. I think the sound. In some ways, more important than the image, but I won't say that on the record. <laughs> Thank you. There's two other topics, really quickly. You had told me that you were not into covering a scene. Yeah, I used to, and then because、uh, since I also edit my film, and I realize when I look at my footage, you got tons of footage, and then if you have a lot of courage. Then there will be like millions of ways to edit a scene, which means you leave your directing decision to an editor. Which means I'm being lazy on set, trying to cover everything I have. That's something I'm trying to avoid doing now. Just be prepared, be alert on set. You can get courage, but not like recording from every angle. What I'm trying to like get a really clear sense of what kind of shots you need, and then if you really need the courage, you got it. If not, then I will just not do it. The thing I'm worried one is that you don't you don't don't have time for what you already designed. The shot what you already designed is not good enough. Each shot gets less time. The recovery shot is not good enough, and then you have to find new ways to solve the new problem. Of course, <laughs> and are you concerned at all with any kind of censorship or anything like that when you're making your films? Not for the short films, since for censorships we don't need to like submit or getting approval for making short films. So far, even though I do heard there are people saying in the future. 
they may start to censorship short, but for now, short films are pretty free. I have to say that a lot of good material come from now for uh, Chinese filmmakers. For feature film, we do need to censor because we need to re- be responsible for investors. If they want to like get a box office in China, we need to pass the censorship. For my first feature, luckily so far, uh, I don't think it, it's like sensitive. It's a story about like a Chinese mother looking for her daughter in New York. It's like a mother-daughter relationship, not like really political. Mm. One of the things we like to do when we wrap up the interview is we like to ask a filmmaker if you could go back in time to when you started and give yourself a piece of advice. What what would that advice be? I would say drink less coffee. <laughs> and brush your teeth every day. <laughs> oh my god, I love this! Drink less coffee and brush your teeth every day. Are you not brushing your teeth every day? <laughs> I do, but sometimes when you are overnight shooting, like, it's really not like a normal person's schedule. It's kind of crazy, and I ate a lot of junk food. And really, my health is like declining crazily when I became a director but uh, i'm joking yeah i would say like keep going i would tell myself keep going you will you, you should make more films i would say that <laughs> but, but but you have kept going it sounds like you already spoke to yourself <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay that's true okay. thank you so much so much thank for thank you for your time this episode was sponsored by Sumsuch, Cartel Edit, Bonaparte, and Studios, and Supreme Music. Special thanks to our producer, Joe Yardley, and the entire team at YDA. The Young Directors Award is in its 26th year at Cannes and is the biggest fringe festival to exclusively promote the debut of directing talent in the commercial, music video, and short form space. 